The reviewer may not ask them about theater at all. They may ask them what they like to do in their spare time, what books they're reading. It's uh, much more uh, interesting for us to find out the, who the person is who happens to act well. Welcome, beautiful artists, to the Vocalist Podcast. My name is Christine Toole, and I am your guide to navigating your voice and this incredible, yet at times scary, world of theater. Here you will learn from professors at the top musical theater programs, theater professionals in the industry, and from me, your guide in all things singing and voice. I am so glad you're here to join in the conversation. Let's pull back the curtain together and make your big dreams a big reality. Hello, everybody. Before we dive into this interview with Shanga, I just wanted to hit on a few of the points that we talked about that I absolutely loved and I wanted your ears to be ready to listen to and digest. So we talk about how at NYU Tisch, they treat their students and possible students who are auditioning holistically. So what does this look like? This means they want to see you as a whole person. They don't, they don't necessarily need you to convey to them how much you love theater and how that's your whole life. I've really found that all of these professors that I speak to, they speak to this in similar ways where they want to see you as a person. And they're going to probably ask you questions about you as a person outside of theater. I would love to do a whole episode on this, and I think that I will. I'll do a solo episode on this. But really be aware of what books you're reading even what shows you love to watch, what hobbies you love to do outside of theater, journal, meditate, really get in touch with who you are and who you are bringing into the audition room. Not how good or talented I can be in the audition room, but who you are. Because this is another thing that we hit on that I loved when he said that they are not asking you to be perfect. Not at all all. I know that's so hard to get out of your own head and really feel that, but it's so, so true. I think that the way that you fight this is to pick material, like I've said before, that you really love, you really connect with, you do the work for the audition, and you do the work on you so you are a whole well-rounded person. So then you can come into the audition room having a sense of who you are, which is really all they want to see, and having the confidence of having prepared, which we talked about in last week's episode, prepared to your best ability. These two things are really the only things that you have any control over. The rest needs to be released. And I would say to you, anytime you go into these auditions, remind yourself of that statement, and you'll hear him say it in his own words here. They are not asking for you to be perfect. He said here that they're really looking at you as, yes, a student, but more than that, as the future you. He says he likes to think of students as 
future colleagues. They're going to be spending a lot of time with you. They want you to be a good person that they would want to spend time with. And also, they know that the time that you are in their classroom is relatively small in the whole picture. You're going to grow up. You're going to be an adult who then is connected with this school, who is a colleague with this school. They want you to be an ambassador of that school. So being a kind, hardworking person is just as important as being talented. They want someone who's going to be a really good teammate and a really good colleague someday. A lot of this is inner work. You have to prepare. That is so important. But no matter how prepared you are with your material, they want to see a real person, a person who is interesting, self-aware. Don't forget that part of the audition process and that part of just growing as a human, as a well-rounded human. So I hope you really enjoy this conversation today. I think you'll take a lot away from it. Thanks for listening. So today we have Shinga Parker with us, who is the arts professor at NYU Tisch. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Shinga. I'm so glad you asked. So I would love to start today just a little bit of context of who you are. Um, what was a bit about your path to NYU Tisch in specific? All right, I will try to make this brief. I... Um... Studied acting and undergraduate at Brown University, double majored, uh, theater and organizational behavior. And it was a decision at the end to go to business school or go to acting school. And I think I chose wisely. I got an MFA at UC San Diego, uh, pursued acting full time in Los Angeles for a handful of years, and then got a part time teaching job at the University of Washington that turned into full time. Uh, and then about 10 years ago, I um, took a leap and applied for a movement position, a job teaching movement at, at NYU in the Meisner studio, and I got it, and I have been here since. And now that you're at NYU Tisch, what, in your opinion, makes this theater program special, or what are your favorite things about this theater program in specific? What I really like about the the department here is their um, emphasis on treating incoming students or you know potential incoming students even at the audition level in a very holistic inclusive way uh, I was just having a conversation that students walk away from it um, a bit puzzled because at the artistic review process level that's what we call the audition the artistic review but their reviewer may not ask them about theater at all. They may ask them what they like to do in their spare time, what books they're reading. It's uh, much more uh, interesting for us to find out the who the person is who happens to act well. And I think I love that you said that because for me, when I was auditioning for colleges, and I know many of my students are often um, caught by surprise by those kinds of questions because they are so theater focused and they're in that mode of, oh, but the only thing that I do and think about right now is theater. So I love to tell my students, first and foremost, get to know you, you know, like you said, read a book, 
have something to come in with that feels interesting and that tells a bit about you as a person. And I think as a young person, sometimes that's hard to grasp on uh-huh. wh- why is that important? I just want to be really good and, and, you know, wow them. So I love that you said that because I think that that is often one of the most important things that I know I when I heard those questions, I thought, oh, wow, who am I? I don't, I don't know what to, <laughs> I wasn't expecting right. that part. Um, so that's, that's really great. So I know that you have spent a lot of time in the audition room and with the artistic review process. Uh-huh. What, what is something that you wish you saw more of in those rooms? Or what is something that you absolutely love when you see it? Right. To, to go back to what you were saying before, it's totally understandable because what students have control over is their audition. They can learn the words, they can rehearse it to within an inch of its life. Uh, that whole thing, that's what they have control over, right? That four minutes, essentially. Then the rest of it, there's no way to prepare, right? It's just you. And the, the chair of the department, Ruben Polendo, says the fact that you are students is the least interesting part about you. Right, you're only going to be students for a very short amount of time. So he refers to students as future colleagues, uh, and it, it starts in the classroom. But then, it, you know, the relationship will continue beyond that, and it's a, again about human contact. It's about person to person. And to get back to your your question, what do I wish I saw more of? It's uh, that students feel understand that the the process. The amount of time we, I'm working with a student while they're working is relatively minimal. It's a little different in my class. Everyone moves pretty much the entire time. But again, that's, that's part of what they do. The rest of it is we're in the classroom with them, you know, and for, for me in first year, it's four hours a week for uh, 14 weeks. And then again in, in the spring, that's a lot of time spent with somebody and not just how it relates to me, but how they relate to everyone else in the room. And that sense of professionalism, uh, showing up doing your work, not stepping on other people's toes, that is what will get people work down the road as opposed to pure talent, right? What I wish I saw more of is an understanding also that if the students were perfect when they walked in the room, we would have nothing to do for four years. So accepting, it's very difficult, again, because it's out of their control, but accepting that's where they are, that is who they are at this moment. And what I wish I saw more of is it has to be a match, right? NYU is a big name, Carnegie Mellon. These are really, you know, great things to be able to say, go back home and say, hey, I got into. But how does that work for the individual student? Maybe this isn't the the right structure for you, you know? A little bit of conservatory, a little bit of very challenging academic, you know, degree in this city, etc. And that's true for all of them. Absolutely. Yeah, equally important for them to do that extensive research to see if it feels good for them. Um, exactly. And in the audition room and in the room itself, if it feels a little off, then then it might not ever be right. Right. You know, they might be surprised at a school they thought was a safety or not really interested in, but they really got along and it felt so good in that room. That's much more important than, you know, than the name. I think you have to follow your gut there and those intuition feelings on both sides of of the table are 
are exactly. so equally important. Um, speaking a bit to New York, as you kind of mentioned, being in the city, and that's a definite piece of the puzzle that it's its, its own beast, you know, being and living in New York City. Um, what do you find are some of the biggest advantages? I know there are many um, to being in New York during this process. Well, yeah, the, the, the city itself, the energy, uh, some people really take to it from a young age. They just have a sense they want to be in this in this kind of densely packed, very active place. The accessibility to the theater here, uh, uh, you know, that's unlike many other places as well. And the amount of um, alumni who are in New York that make connections through people who are here and people who have recently graduated. There is a, a bit of that. That's kind of already gaining that community. If you if you see yourself wanting to be in New York, um, then you're off to a really good start, I think, there. Um, yeah, and I think it also works in the other way, right? People have a sense of what it's like to be here. They get here, and it's that times a million. Uh, it's expensive, it's dirty, it stinks, it's loud. Oh, some things that, you know, that people get very excited about. <laughs> then you learn, oh, this is the reality. Yeah, I had a, I had a student several years ago. We were... Uh, sing a show at night and he pulled me aside and said please please let me know that there the stars are still up there at home that's all i see but here i haven't seen any are there they're still there right yeah oh yeah i felt that you forget you go other places you think <laughs> whoa they are still there yeah. <laughs> yeah it's it's a different world in that way um I was going to ask a couple more questions. Um, uh -huh. One about the performance opportunities at Tisch and, and what that would look like. The official line of the department is that first years are not to be cast in productions uh, in order for them to you know, settle in, learn what it is to do this type of training, all of the you know, obvious reasons. They work... Uh, they work crew for shows in the main stage or in the studios in the first year, so they get to know other people and what it's like to be more in a supportive role before they're uh, acting. That said, there are student groups that go around that. There's a very active and quite good film program just upstairs, and the you know film students need actors, so first year actors have opportunities to work. It's just not officially they're able to be cast. Hmm. That's great that they can be involved in that and kind of get, get their feet wet a little bit. Mm -hmm. I would love to know after the madness of, of this past year, what are you most excited about coming into this new fall semester at Tisch? What, what is most exciting you about this year? Yeah, you know, other than everyone being in the room again, it doesn't matter we're ma wearing masks. We're all in the room together. What really struck me after uh, one full week of teaching is how hungry the students are, how open they are to the work. This is already after a couple classes. Uh, already they're, in the context of my class, starting to move very openly and freely. And that often takes a little while because they feel, you know, it's weird. And what are the people going to think about them? That does not seem to be much of an in, uh, of an issue. 
or the desire to really take as much in as they can seems to trump anything about embarrassment. I think um, everyone is discovering, uh, this is faculty and students and staff, everybody, uh, discovering that what they learned through learning and teaching over Zoom has a practical application in person. The amount of focus that is required to learn on Zoom is different than in the classroom, right? In the classroom, it's happening 360 degrees, and you can kind of sit back and take stuff in. On Zoom, it's very much focused on this little box. And I think that focus has transferred into the classroom. I feel all these eyes so, so narrowed and focused on what, you know, we're trying to do in the room. And this bodes very, very well for where they're going to go this year. I love that. I love that perspective. And I think that people are having gratitude in a new way to being being there and and they're really present. I think that's yes. that's beautiful. Yes, it's great you mentioned gratitude. That's kind of everything. Well, those are all the questions I have for you today, Shanga. I I really appreciate your time today and I know that will help a lot of young artists out there. You are more than welcome and I I it's great what you're doing. You're providing an amazing service, not just this, but your work overall. Students really need that, you know, uh, ushering through the process. And I think you're great for doing that. Thank you. It was something that I, I wish I had, so I'd love to give it back. Tremendous. Thank you so much for your time, and we'll talk soon. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm so glad you're here. If you would like to put these skills to work, come on over and work with me today. You can visit my website at www.thevocalistworkshop.com or on Instagram at The Vocalist Workshop and also on Facebook at The Vocalist Workshop. Please rate and review the podcast. It means the world to me. Thank you for listening and I'll see you next time.